This week on Dr. Drew After Dark. Well, I'm not doing dabs. I know. That's good. Don't do dabs. <laughs> you got it. Here's a weird dick problem for you guys to help me solve. Uh, anything I can do to increase my load side? How many times have we had this, this question? <laughs> You're not worried about the health consequence. I will quit eventually, but... Mm. Give us a date. Nah. <laughs> Here's the weird dick problem you're going to help me with. I'm a 20-year-old male, and my dick is pretty fucked up. Welcome to Dr. Drew After Dark. Please be advised that Dr. Drew After Dark may contain sexually oriented content and be unsuitable for young children. Hey, welcome everybody. It's Dr. Drew After Dark, 818-253-1693 for those voice messages and of course the email at drdrewafterdark at gmail.com. I haven't mentioned the merch store in a while, uh, but today, I'll, I'll mention that in a second, but first, I just want to introduce the Booth Boys. It's me and the I Booth Boys today. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to go to you until I introduced you because I can't remember the... the I can't remember the address. Ymh.merch. What is it? Store.ymhstudios. I mean, I am wearing merch, so I guess it works a little bit. There you go. There we go. What are you wearing? Ymh Studios t-shirt. Yeah, buddy. Look it's at that. Kind of my go-to when I'm here mm. in the booth. Look at Chad. He's he's fully representing. Go-to booth attire. Yeah, it's yeah. pride. It's Ymh pride. I just don't like making decisions, so I just put on a work shirt. You know. Yeah, right. he does wear that every day. He. He does? Mm-hmm. Not every day, but like, one, I think. like every other day. In the booth, yeah. Like so every day and a half. Gentlemen, other than the rancor that's starting already, um, how are you all doing? Hell yeah, dude. We're doing good. Hell doing yeah. Great, baby. It's any day today. So now that he's mastered basketball, he's moving on to something else. Oh, well, yeah. You're probably talking about me asking if you play golf. Yeah, I've been thinking about getting into golf. I mean, you know, my basketball career is at an all-time high. <laughs> why, um, go- why golf? Um... Because that's what Michael Jordan did. So he also played baseball. So, Look, so, golf is just something for the boys. You know what I'm saying? You gotta slow down. <laughs> so you gotta you gotta listen to what he's telling you. He says he's as good as Michael Jordan at basketball. Now. I mean, technically, <laughs> so my win he needs ratio to move on. That's all I'm saying. Technically, technically what? what? Technically, my win ratio is higher than Michael Jordan's. Oh, boy. That's all I'm saying. Any day is really that's, getting to Eddie's that's head. <laughs> all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> what does Tom owe you something for this? Is there a, was there a bet? I forget. Well, it kind of got convoluted because I'm insane, um, and it was gonna be the hair transplant, which I decided, nah, don't really want that. Uh, and it was gonna be, uh, oh, and we're flying Ryan out to Vegas. He's gonna be my assistant, uh, <laughs> as he calls it, my bitch, and, and bankroll you, and bankroll me. Wow, in. that's right. So you do gonna that? Go, gonna go on a little trip. That's right. And if you want to bring like one of your friends that also likes to gamble, I mean, I think that's up to you. But, when are you guys I mean, gonna do this? This should be awesome. Uh, soon, soon. I why think. did you? Do, why did you do it coincide with the Skank Fest? And the, I'm gonna go to this. I'm gonna be part of the Skank Fest. And we'll all go out there and we'll do some pods. We'll do, be with the Skanks. I mean, I don't think they want me on the pod. <laughs> I'm just saying it could be a whole thing. But uh, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to do that. Um, I think my first stop, I'm probably going to have him just get my rebounds. We're going to go play basketball for a little bit. It makes me um, think, you know, that Ellis, Ellis Mania is in Vegas, Skankfest is in Vegas. There needs to be a YMH Fest in Vegas. Some sort of, uh, Nadab, you should spearhead this. You got it. <laughs> All right, well, done and done. Let me, um, there's a lot of stuff I want to get into today. Let me, let me take a couple calls, start out with some very interesting uh, stuff out here. This is uh, Aaron. Hey, Aaron, what's going on? Oh, Dr. Drew, no way. Uh, 
So I was just wondering, um, like, what are there like environmental factors or uh, psychological factors that would maybe give us a particular laugh? I mean, we've talked about, Annie and I have sort of zeroed in on certain vocal qualities and women and certain sexual response things, but that's the only thing I'm aware of. Is that what you mean? Um, well, I was wondering if uh, we could go into how Nadav's iconic laugh came to be. Nadav, do you care to share with us? Is there well, some yeah, story I, here? I found how things, uh, you know, that were funny, and then I started laughing. And then that's how my laugh came to be. What kind it's, of? It's pretty fascinating, Aaron. Is there something? Yeah. You, is there something more you thought you'd find there? Um. Well, I, I guess not. I just. Uh... <laughs> I have noticed. I ha- <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. I have noticed that. P- Nadav, how old are you now? Um, thirty-four. Yeah, I would say people from about twenty-six to thirty-four have, and I've seen this sort of happen sort of a little weirdly generationally are more likely to laugh loud. Like, like, have you noticed this amongst your peers? And then the people 45 don't do this and people 55 certainly don't. And people 15 don't do it. But around your peer age and just this particular generation, laughter is sort of a public event. It's not done under your breath. It's done out in the open. Is that anybody? No, just me. I don't know what you're saying, and I don't know what you mean. That laughter is louder. It, I don't know. I've had a pretty loud laugh from when I was a, a wee lad. No, I, I may well be that it's been going on that way the whole time. Oh, you're saying that people in my age range have always laughed loudly from when they were I've kids. I've just noticed now. now that you're adults that I'm seeing more of that. That It mm. just it struck me that it's something interesting. I don't object to it at all. It's kind of nice, actually. But well, uh, you're just, welcome. It just kind of jumped out of me. You so would you think go. you'd see it more in like the Gen Z kind of social media generation. It's something around I mean, 30, grow up 30 to 34 particularly. Just maybe it's more, you know, comedy has been more a thing in this for your age group. You know, that's, it's, you know, you remember comedy has become a very, um, you know, it's it's very much the way rock music was back when I was young. It, it, it has a, a, a cultural presence that is, that is, like it's never had before. I mean, it's always comedy; it's always been around, but its importance has elevated. I think. Hey, George, what's up? Hi, Doctor Drew and Good Boys. Um, yeah. Uh, well, in February of this year, I went to my doctor to check on my ED, um, and he did blood work, and my prolactin levels came in high, and my testosterone came really low. So he sent me to do an MRI to check there was no tumors on my pituitary gland, and they found nothing. But my prolactin uh, levels is still high, how, and my testosterone is low. How high? How high is your prolactin? Um, it came in at 17.8. 17. So it wasn't like 100? Uh, no. Okay. So are you on any medication? Uh, none. Hmm. Because that's what would normally do that. Uh, sometimes these, you, maybe that you're picking this up sort of early. Sometimes these prolactin tumors are not detectable by MRI, particularly when it's sort of just getting going. Um, it happens sporadically. It's not as though there's some sort of cause for it. It's just one of those things. But it is something that you ought to see an endocrinologist about because they can give you medicine to block the prolactin secretion and production, and that will re- hopefully restore your testosterone. All right. That's great. 
Is there anything else that can cause it? Uh, the high prolactin, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> pregnancy, breast stimulation, medication is numero uno. And then, uh, you know, low thyroid. Did they check your thyroid? That's the other thing sometimes associated with that. So, but it's important you see an endocrinologist and they get them to kind of figure out what, which is what's what here because something, something is up. Wyatt, what's going Hello? on there? Wyatt, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Hey, man. Go ahead. So, um, mm. I just recently got my testosterone levels checked and I'm 19 and, um, they're at 170 right now. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's super low. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if there's some natural things that I can do to bring it up. If that doesn't work, is it okay for me to get on testosterone replacement at 19? Why do you need a diagnosis? The low testosterone is not a diagnosis. It's a symptom. I just talked to a guy that had low testosterone from either a thyroid problem or a pituitary tumor. Very common. Okay. Very common. These things have to be treated. And if they, get, if they go missed, you can get into big trouble down the road. So someone needs to figure out why your testosterone is 170. What, what even caused them to measure your testosterone? Oh, no. I work... Uh... I work for Mark Bell here in Sacramento, so I'm like around fitness guys 24-7, mm. and I lift and stuff regularly, so I was just curious. Well, that's just something that that's weird uh, weird and low, it. particularly, if you, are you having any other symptoms? Are you able to build muscle normally? Yeah, my, yeah, building muscles is fine, but like the last like few months, my dick's been a little bit limp. I don't know. And that's probably what it's from, but it just started like five months ago. I are can you, get hard, but it's like maybe 70%. Hard. Are you taking any substance? Anything? Uh, Yeah, I use Kratom okay. daily. Well, Kratom crushes testosterone, so that's why it's down. Oh, really? You need to stop Kratom. Kratom is an opiate. It, it affects dopamine metabolism. That affects prolactin and, protect, and, and very substantially reduces testosterone. Okay. So that's well, that's, that's no bueno. No, you will have a withdrawal. Okay. You will have withdrawal. If you're taking enough to lower your testosterone, yeah. you will have withdrawal. So you need to be really careful with this. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good. All right. All right. Thank All right. you. Good luck. Drew, what is the deal with Kratom? Like what? Uh, like I didn't know that it reduces testosterone. It's an like, opiate. Uh -huh. It's opiate. It's just an opiate. And it's a weak opiate. It's a very mild opiate. But it has all the effects, particularly if you take a bunch of it, of any other opiate. That's it. It's just it, I, I don't understand why people uh, – listen, uh, I was doing Jason Ellis' show the other day, and he had trouble getting off it. He was on a bunch of it, and it got, got terrible trouble. It's very common for people to get in trouble with that drug. I, the fact that it's not more controlled is, is odd. How are you guys Shh. doing with your substances? Nadav, how are you doing? Uh, doing great. Nothing, nothing. Uh, I mean, I'm still, I'm still smoking weed. So the estrogen and the big titties are coming in, I guess. But <laughs> still throwing up every night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm throwing up all the time, dude. Yeah. Are you? I'll, no. Because <laughs> that happens, man. That happens. it doesn't happen, Drew. It happens to two people that you know. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. Happens. It's it. Let's put it this way: if you're if you're doing dabs, you're having you're very commonly having that problem. Well, I'm not there. doing dabs. I know. That's good. Don't do dabs. <laughs> you got it. So, 
Here's a weird dick problem for you guys to help me solve. Oh, I should let you know too, by the way. Yeah. It's uh, confirmed. Cigarette addiction is complete cap. I'm off it. Cap. No more cigarettes. No. It is cap. Yeah. How, how deep in did you get? Uh, it was like three months or so. Easy. Easiest fucking decision in my how life. How much were I you gave, smoking at a time? Uh, I ended up doing around four or five a days. Like, I wasn't doing a pack, but, you know. It was just because I didn't have the time, I think. Like, it I'm wasn't three months. It. it was like a month. It was definitely more than two. Mm. It was definitely more than two. On the cusp of two. Yeah. I understand that you'd be upset, though, because you're still addicted to cigarettes and you're saying that, but it's just, look, yeah. man, you can stop today. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Could. I do kind of side with any. Like, I was a longtime cigarette smoker, yeah. and then one day I was just, like, it, the Texas heat is what got me to realize that I'm not addicted to cigarettes and that you can't be addicted to cigarettes because it's just, like, it's too hot and gross to smoke outside. Yeah. And then I was just like, yeah, I'm good. Because it's cap. Because it's mm, cap, yeah. It's not cap. It it's is cap, Chad. You have to want to quit. Cap, Chad. That's true, you do. And you yeah. should. And you well, sound like you do, don't you? You don't want to quit? Not currently, no. No. Oh. How come? That's not what you yeah. said before. Well, how come? Well, Jeff? yeah, I go through cycles, of course. But, no, I enjoy it. What was the last time you tried to quit smoking? Um, I quit, actually, before I moved to uh, New York, I quit for a while. So, so any, to Annie's point, though, you, you have to commit yourself. I mean, you have to be clear. You have to have intention. Like, I'm going to stop. And if you have intention, it... it doesn't make it a lot easier, but it makes it possible, right? Right. I mean, it's it's hard for some people. It, it's weird how th- all three of you have, each have a different relationship with it, right? I mean, well, Annie, I think me and Annie have a pretty similar relationship. I think well, Annie didn't really get addicted, yeah, and then it was no problem to stop. Nadav, you were probably addicted, but then you were able to stop once you decided to. And uh, Chad's just in. Well, I've quit several times throughout my life. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But I do enjoy it. I like a reason to get away from people for five minutes. You know, and I also like that, the that, social that is aspect an, that's of That's an attack on you two, by the way. <laughs> it is. Oh, indeed. I heard it. Yeah, it's an, well, you yeah. know, he could also go outside for five minutes and not Just smoke. go stand out there. Do whatever you want yeah, in this go, hot, gross go heat. Go breathe some fresh air. You know? Just taking my uh, break from you, you guys. You're not worried about the health consequence? Uh, I'm sure when I think about it, I do, but no. When was the last time you thought about it? Just now. Mm. Hmm. Mm. So you're saying you want to quit? I will quit eventually. But mm. give us a date. Nah. <laughs> I'm good. Here's the weird dick problem you're going to help me with. I'm a 20 year old male and my dick is pretty fucked up. I have hair up, gay. up the left. It's, it's Annie's response Can to everything. Gayer. Everything is Have you tried a penis? I have hair up gay. the left. I have hair up the length of my penis, which I often shave and or wax, which isn't a big deal. Waxing your penis sounds like a big deal. But I also have a piece of skin about an eighth of an inch wide, which connects the head of my penis to the shaft. Is he talking about the frenulum? I think he is. I'm unbothered by these issues, but I'm curious to why I have that weird piece of skin that's probably left over from circumcision way back when. Did the doctors fuck up when they circumcised me? Sort of. Or did God just throw me this weird dick as punishment for my actions in a past life? Yeah, have you uh, heard of people with the sort of palm tree dick with his, you know, the hair all the way up? Palm tree dick. I'm just saying, just, you know. It sounds fire, though. <laughs> it sounds fire? Yeah, I want a palm tree dick. Really? That's you want hair cool. all the way up? Fuck it, yeah. Wow, interesting. I mean, you can get rid of hair. Yeah, but so you have to, he has it torn off with wax. Yeah, Ugh. well, maybe just don't use wax. Yeah. Maybe use, like, Manscaped or something. Yeah, but when you Manscaped it, there's going to be stubble. And it's going to, you know, be irritated, right? Uh, the length of your penis. Not with Manscaped. By the way, that Manscaped stuff is pretty pretty cap. 
Huh? Well, isn't Cap good? What? Is that right? No. no. Cap is bad. No, Cap, Cap is, is bad. Oh. Yeah. What's good? Sorry, Sucks. Sorry, no. Manscaped. What's good? Capless. No, Cap. What's good? good. Fire? Fire. 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 Banger. Yeah. I mean, they think of everything. All that equipment they give you, it's, it, everything yeah. is in there. It's, Manscaped and it's just, has the total package. It's quiet. I do like Manscaped. It I recharges. It it's quiet. I don't trust I, people that don't. I, I totally sign off on their products. Very, very good. All right, I'm going to talk to you. Drew, I thought you figured out what cat meant. What happened? I went the other way. It, it, I had it reversed in my head. You I, had I thought it I had too. Well, when he said cigarettes are cap, I, I sort of converted that to good or something. In oh, my head. no, no, no. So I said cigarette addiction is cat, meaning it's a lie. Uh, but it's okay, not. okay, okay. It All is. Right. Uh, Richard, what's going on? Hey, how's it going, Drew? How hey, you man. doing? Good. What's up? Uh, okay, so I have this uh, this hernia that I've had for. Probably about eleven years now, mm. and it's uh, it's right next to my genitals. You know, it kind of looks like a third nut, and uh, it's never caused me any pain. But I'm just wondering if that's something that I'm gonna have to live with for the rest of my life, or should I get it fixed, or what? So, uh, inguinal hernias. When men talk about hernias, that's what they're talking about. That spot where the that's the the canal, the testes descend down to get into the ball sack. That's where they they come from, up, uh, where the ovaries are, and they descend down through that inguinal canal. And there's a sort of potential space there. And sometimes the uh, the 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 ring, the inguinal ring, becomes patchless, and so things can push through. And bowel literally comes down that canal. So that's bowel sticking out there by your genitalia. The problem is. The bowel can get stuck in there and can incarcerate and can become a surgical emergency. And with time, that hernia will pretty much get bigger. Now, do you have to go do surgery right now? No, not if you're comfortable and not having any symptoms whatsoever. But you in almost certainly will have to do something eventually. And it can be done with a scope now. It's a same-day surgery. You go home the same day. Not that big a deal. Oh, really? Yeah. So for somebody without insurance, what, what does that uh, run me? I don't know. Uh, I would – what state are you in? Oh, Texas. Do they Texas. have any kind of uh, – why don't you get some you know, Medicaid-type insurance? It's, if you, can you, you're, you, do you make too much money for that? You just haven't bought insurance or what's the situation? You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I've never really looked into it. <laughs> you, you, you need to look into it. It's, it's insane not to have health yeah. insurance. The, the distance. <laughs> it, yeah, I know, I know. Well, the three of the, the booth boys are laughing their ass off. But, but health but, insurance is cap, right? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's yeah, fire. I know. Hey. But, but my question is do you guys all have health insurance? Fuck yeah. I yeah. Do, dude. They do now. Yeah. So, Chad, you could relate to what he's saying. Oh, I was, I was uninsured for most of my life. And what was, your, what was going on in your noggin then? Uh, what, what, what your do you brain? Mean? What were you thinking? Broke, you mean, right? yeah, what was going on in my wallet? It was what was yeah. going on. Yeah, I was when I was broke for sure. Insurance is not it because it it's way too. It's like three hundred a month or some yeah, shit. Yeah, it gets what? And like the fuck. deductible was like six grand, so it's like I'm gonna pay three hundred a month to I still have to pay six grand. Yeah, but the mm -hmm. six grand is to prevent six hundred thousand dollars. You know, something right, terrible. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I smoke and stuff, so yeah. I'm just like. Yeah. Just quit smoking. Well, I like the way you're laughing at yourself, Richard, but uh, let's, uh, you know, let that motivate you. It's silly. Yeah, well, what? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I so I recently quit my job to become a full-time artist, so I'm not making as much money as I used to, so. Yeah. I mean, look into Medicaid or something. I Just something to get you covered. And, 
you know, not many doc, not many surgeons would take Medicaid anyway. So, I mean, you, you may have, if you want to do it out of pocket, you can. It would be thousands of dollars, I'm sure. Not just, not so much for the surgeon, but for the operating room and the anesthesia and all that. That gets expensive fast. Okay. Yeah. All right. I've, so I've also thought about just going to Mexico and doing it over there. Is that a bad idea? I, better you go to like a county facility. Many county facilities have. <laughs> why is that funny? Because that's usually free oh, or, no, I mean, or, or, or significantly reduced care I mean, uh, uh, expense. It, now, in that case, you're often going to be operated on by residents and fellows and things, but but they're usually very well supervised. So you go to a teaching hospital or a county center, and th- that's where people go when they don't have insurance many times. Oh, goodness gracious. Um, can we do a couple TikToks just to kind of get me get me going here? Yeah, you guys we think? can do yeah. a couple TikToks. All right, let's do that. Come on now. Today, Dr. Carl here. Why do you have to change your sheets? Well, every day you generate from your skin about one and a half grams of dead skin cells, which both attract and are enough food for a million dust mites. And then on top of that, your skin exudes oils and sweat. And then on the other hand, while you're lying in bed, you might have a little F-A-R-T. So how often should you wash your sheets? Well, if you're in a very sweaty environment and you sweat during the day and then you come home all sweaty and then you don't shower before you go to bed and you don't wear pyjamas, well, maybe twice a week. At the other extreme, cold environment, don't sweat, wear pyjamas and have a shower before you go to bed, maybe every couple of weeks. The average is every two weeks. And according to one survey in England, in the United Kingdom, 4% of people wash their sheets once a year and men who are in relationships wash their sheets once a month and men who are not in relationships once every six weeks, which might explain why they're not in a relationship. This dude is something. He's so gleeful about this stuff. It's so funny. I mean, he's but, just teaching. You know, he's happy to teach. I like. I dig everything he's. Everything I've seen this guy say. I. I. I is fire. I sign off as fire sounds. Fire sounds too too Do enthusiastic. Right. Is there is there a better word than fire, Eddie? No, on. that's the one. You got it, dude. That's You're getting one. it. It's not cap. Uh, <laughs> two so, for two, baby. <laughs> all right, another one. This is Crimea River. This fucking, this is, uh, this is hard. I hate this. I Why? hate this. Why? You'll see. Uh. No, you say you're lonely. You cry all night through. All right, there's like two more minutes of this. I can't do it. I mean, it's not terrible singing, but yeah. that, that big tongue gets That's, in the way. There you go. <laughs> you got and, it. Uh, there are medications that give sort of thick, large tongue like that. I, and they're kind of seizure medicine, if I remember right. Huh. And I oh, want, to keep you from biting on stuff? Yeah, I just wonder. She, something is not right. Other than the big tongue? Yeah. Something that's... Mm. Oh, yeah. Like her, she has four eyes. Her, gla- her, oh, her eyes are can bad. Can you sing for us? Wow. Do people interact with her and stuff and have her do things and that part of the game here? Uh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. This is, m- well, this is one of those comments, yeah. Do you have any more of her stuff, like other things they're making her do? Unfortunately, yes. No. Uh-oh. Well, I mean, it's somewhere in there, but I don't know where they're All right. Is, and Christina loves this girl, I guess. Uh, She's a Fascinated. Fan. Fascinated yeah, by her. She throws her into the curations. Okay. All right. Give me another one. Oh, yeah. Don't blink. You might miss it. 
How about the sidekick? There it is. So fucking fast. Fuck. It's like me and Zolo at Muay Thai. <laughs> you know what's uh, comical is I, I was making fun of this somewhere and online, and Mike Catherwood came in and went, you know, a guy can kick. He's got a pretty good kick there. It's like, it's, he knows what he's doing. He sure yeah, does. I don't want to be on the business end of those tootsies. But keep it on, keep it, uh, don't put it on TikTok all the time. It's weird. All right. Uh, take a couple more calls here. Let's see what's going on here. Uh, hmm. Well, this is interesting, maybe. Christian, what's going on? Hello? Hi, Christian. Oh, hey, Dr. Drew. Hey, man. Uh, well, for starters, I'm looking for hot black guys who love to fucking fuck good. But on a second thought, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I got my gallbladder removed about six months ago. Mm. And uh, ever since, I wake up maybe two or three times a week with this like weird kind of dull pain hmm. in my stomach. Sometimes it's so bad that it like wakes me up and I have to, I'll, I'll be up at six in the morning. And the only thing to make it feel better is if I just kind of elevate myself like 90 degrees and kind of like sit up straight and then hmm. it kind of goes away. Sometimes it takes like 10 minutes. Sometimes it takes 30 minutes. Wow. Um, I find that. Either if I go to bed really, really hungry, or if I eat maybe right before I go to bed, I think that might be making it worse. Um, it's usually, like, it happens, I only really drink like once a week, and usually it happens that time, but I think that might be because I'm going to bed hungry, but I wouldn't be surprised if the alcohol has something to do with it as well. Ah. That but yeah, no, I, I live in Montreal where there's no doctors, so you're you're my you're my best hope, Dr. Drew and Dr. Jew. A city the size of Montreal has no doctors. <laughs> That's odd. But okay. Yeah, well it's it's really weird. You can there's lots of like to get a family physician here it's it's almost impossible. So you kinda wow. have to go through like the the public system and it's it's hard to see the same doctor twice. Interesting. And so it's also odd. You sound like a young guy. It's odd that you'd have your gallbladder out at such a young age. What happened? Uh, so I'm I'm 25, and uh, I was actually diagnosed with with pancreatitis when I was 18 after just like a massive binge, like mm -hmm. a, a massive bender in Mexico. But mm -hmm. uh, I was hospitalized. I went through kind of the same process, and it was um, it was only acute pancreatitis. Um, so I, I essentially just stopped drinking for a year, and then you know ever since I. I was like really into drinking when I was 18, but I've definitely like calmed it down since. Like I said, I maybe like binge once a week, but I, I, I don't really drink that much. But uh, I actually, I, I got pancreatitis again when I was six months ago when I was 24 at the time. And I thought it was like, oh, oh shit, I got pancreatitis. And I had like three drinks the night before. And it, it was pancreatitis, but it was actually caused by the Gulf Stone, like the Gulf Stone. So I was in the hospital for three days. They told me they were going to get rid of the gallbladder and here I am. So you had gallstone pancreatitis. Oh, boy. So the problem here, yeah. pa pancreatitis can be life-threatening. And each time you have an episode, yeah. the more likely it is to go into something serious. You can get septic. Your pancreas can turn into a phlegmon. You, I mean, you can go into chronic pancreatitis. My fear is one of a couple of things. One is that I'm not sure if they got that right diagnostically. It sounds like you're still having sort of that that may be pancreatic pain you're having. It sort of kind of sounds like it. And if any alcohol is stimulating it, sometimes alcoholic pancreatitis can become somewhat chronic, and in that case, alcohol will stimulate it. So you may be going into the chronic phase of pancreatitis, or there may be some stones left behind 
uh, in the common bile duct or something, or they were wrong in the first place. And whatever caused your pancreatitis was not gallstones and is still causing some recurrent pancreatitis. But whatever it is, man, you got to get this worked up. You got to get this more proper, okay. properly, thoughtfully, well, carefully I, I think it's worked worth up. Worth mentioning. Sorry, go on. Just thoughtfully and carefully worked up, because as I, as you agreed, and I was saying, you can get quite serious. Okay, well, I, I think it's worth mentioning that, like, I'm very familiar with what pancreatitis feels like. It, it radiates to the back, and you kind of feel it like all throughout your lower system. Typically, this one is just it's like straight up, just like a tummy ache. It doesn't really radiate. It's got like a very specific spot to it, and um, and it. Like you, what I, I had like an, another mild pancreatitis attack and like, um, I, I couldn't eat for a day, but after this, I could literally eat as soon as my stomach felt better. And, yeah, I, it's um, just it's that like I, what I worry about, you, I understand what you're saying and you're, and you're not wrong. You're, you're correct. But sometimes chronic pancreatitis has a different quality to it. And so you may be getting acute on chronic or, I mean, after surgery, you can get strictures that cause bowel obstruction. Maybe this is intermittent small bowel obstruction. Whatever it is, these are all things that are not good and need to be properly worked up, okay? Yeah. Yeah, it, it needs to be looked at. This is not, none of this, everything I'm thinking of has potential to be a problem. At least these things need to be ruled out uh, by somebody thoughtful, careful, because they, they can be, all this stuff can be quite serious. So, all right, my friend. Uh, get get some, and by the way, you should if you can get to a gastroenterologist. I mean, I know the public the system there is, diff, is cumbersome, but you you need to see a gastroenterologist. That's for sure what needs to happen. Uh, ooh, do you guys know what epididymitis is? Epididymitis isn't that when uh, cum goes into your liver? No, your liver. Look, look, look up epididymitis. Let's show everybody this. So the epididymis sits on top of the testes. Right? We've oh, busted. this is clogged clogged nuts. Kind of. Uh, see, Let's see if we can see a picture of it. Yeah, see that? That's a good picture right there. So see that little worm-like, that pink thing on top? Super clogged nuts. What are you calling them? Super clogged nuts. Is that worms in your nuts? The, yeah, worms in your no, nuts. No, that's where the cum comes from. Epididymis is sort of where the- Cum comes through. It's where the sperm is kind of processed. And then it goes up that blue tube, and then it gets put together with the cum. Make sense? There's no mm. cum in this part of your body. Period. Right. All right. But you're saying that there's worms in there. I'm saying that those worms are these. Come there's on. a lot of tubes in those worms, and that's where your uh, your sperm is processed a little bit. And they can get they can get clogged up. They can get inflamed. They can get infected, and then it's called epididymitis. And Gavin has been dealing with that. Gavin, Hell what's yeah, up, dude. man? What an intro. Hey, what's up, Drew? Mm, it's happening. Yeah, uh, buddy. So I I had. What? Sorry. Go ahead. You have. Oh god, I can't pronounce it. Epididymitis. Yeah, I had that, and my doctor gave me um, some like just really strong anti-inflammatories, mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and it went away for about a month ago. And I've just been like, my balls just feel really tight all the time, like most of the time now. Like uncomfortable. Again. Like uncomfortable. That's yeah. what. So, uh, you know, th there's a couple things. You know, they usually when people get epididymitis, they'll, they'll give them an anti-inflammatory, but also an antibiotic. And so the fact that you didn't take an antibiotic kind of like mm, there's something more to be done here. And uh, on top of that, I wonder if they got the diagnosis correct because sometimes 
a torsion of the testy can get misdiagnosed as a epididymitis or other things going on in the testy that can kind of look like epididymitis, but it may not be that. So what I would suggest, since you're still having symptoms, is go see a urologist, get it properly assessed. He or she will probably give you some antibiotics and another course of anti-inflammatories. And sometimes, you know, with epididymitis, the prostate gets involved, you get prostate inflammation. So it's once and once it happens, it tends to happen again. So it's a mess. Good times. Did you have Did you have a infection or something? I had no, I had no infection at all. Mm. I just I had the, I I felt a lump and I thought it was like testicular cancer, which he was pretty quick to say it wasn't that. Yeah, so that was good. But it, I mean, it was only he only checked. I mean, I was in there for like four minutes. Yeah. Five minutes. Yeah. I, a urologist would be a good idea. Uh, it's, it's you know, it's some, usually epididymitis kind of hurts and you're having some pain. I, I just, I, I wonder if, the other thing this could have been is like a spermatocele or a cystocele or something and they cause irritation and like you're saying, tightness in the testes. I, I'm not, it's just diagnostically, not not all hanging together for me. So I, I, I would see a, a specialist in that area. You guys ever had to see a urologist? Uh, had to, like should. Oh, tell me. You know? You well, no, I'm just wondering if the question is that we should or have, because the answer is no, I have not. Well, did you feel did you feel compelled to see one at one time? Did you think like, hmm? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's cap. That was a- <laughs> <laughs> three for three, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, I saw one in uh, in high school. Yeah. Cause uh, someone need me in the nuts really fucking hard. Ooh! And I had a, I like fell over. Like it was during a PE basketball. Uh huh. And someone went for a layup, and I tried to pick up the offensive. And, and uh, yeah, you just need me straight in the ball. You can you can rupture the testy. That's a kind of a common thing. No, yeah, my dad was laughing pretty hard when I called him to come pick me up. No, he was. Uh, I was in the nurse's office, and uh, I was like, "Hey, dad, I need you to come pick me up." He's like, "What happened?" Like I got kneed in the nuts really hard. He goes, "And do you want me to come pick you up?" <laughs> did you and Christine have the same dad? No, no, <laughs> no. Uh, it, it, did it swell up afterwards? Um, it turned. I think it turned colors. Purple. Yeah. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, the doctor kind of also laughed a little bit. Did they? Oh and they were God. like, "You did not bust your nuts or whatever. You're fine. It might hurt to walk for a couple of days. You'll be okay." Did you have an ultrasound done? I think I did. Okay, and and is and is that it felt testy? really weird and gross? Yeah, and is that testing normal size now? It is normal sized. How old were you when that happened? Uh, I want to say I was in tenth or eleventh okay, grade, so high school. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, they usually do an ultrasound because again, as I said, they can fracture. They can be crushed, fractured. It can be a mess, and but, sometimes they need surgery or be removed. Ugh. It's good times. It, so isn't there? A, isn't it something? <laughs> maybe this is an urban legend, but I heard that. Nuts are kind of like the strongest part of your body. Is that true? They're pretty strong. I mean, they're remarkably, I, they're, the way they're constructed, they're, they're designed to get through a kind of a crush thing. But sometimes like a hard wrap, like I saw a mm. hockey puck rupture a testy, boom. Ah. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, ah. like pound. That fast was it. and strong. Fast and hard and strong. What's the matter, Andy? You get your eyes closed. Oh, I'm just going to my happy place. Home here now. Home here now. Uh, Chad, ever had to see a urologist? I don't think I've seen a urologist. I mean, I've had my balls looked at by a doctor, but I don't think it was a urologist. Is that just for normal, you know, screening procedures? Yeah, mostly. And then I think I was probably maybe 19. I thought I had a lump in my testicles, but it was, I think it was whatever this guy 
had actually went away. Interesting. Let's uh, any voicemails. I haven't heard a female voicemail in a few weeks. What do we got? Oh, you want a female voicemail? Yeah. Oh. Hey, mommy. My name is Brianna. Um, I just had a really weird experience last night when I was trying to blow a balloon for my little niece. When I was trying to put air in this balloon, it felt almost as if the air was coming out from these cavities and coming out of my ears. I don't even know if that's possible, but it just felt like I couldn't get the air in the balloon. It was going out of my body somewhere else. And the weirdest feeling kind of scared me a little bit because I've never had trouble blowing a balloon. But I'm um, just wondering if you have any idea what that could have been and if I should be concerned. Uh, thanks, Mommy. Pull my jeans up real tight. See ya. Pull my jeans up real tight. Keep mine tight, you mean? She, yeah. has, a, she has an interesting way of speaking. Honey, from now on, say blow up a balloon, not blow a balloon. Just strikes yeah. the ear strangely. When, whenever you blow up a balloon. Yeah, blowing up a balloon, not blowing a balloon. And all she's talking about is clearing her ears. You know, people, when you, when you go underwater and they say clear your ears, you hold your nose, you push, and the air comes out your ears. Now, some people, air can come out the eye. Some a little bit, there's some ways it that can get through. Comes out your eyes? From yeah. Eyes? Mm-hmm. Wow. Look at him. I've had how'd the you, ears thing. How'd you find that out? I just, I thought everyone knew, knew that. I don't about think you? so. No, about themselves, <laughs> too. But but for you particularly, were you blowing a balloon? No, I mean, I, like, I grew up on a lake, so I was swimming a lot. So yeah. I just, I think that's when I tend to notice it more. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. It, like the water would bubble when uh, around your eye kind of thing? Yeah, and I could Oof. feel it come out. Interesting. Look yeah. at that. Yep, that can happen. Uh, let's talk to, let's see some more TikToks, then I want other voicemail. <laughs> let's do it, dude. Ooh, that's pretty impressive. This can't be real. Cap. Super fake. Fake? Yes, this cap. is cap for Definitely. sure. Definitely. How, how, do, how do you fake that? There's some weird speed changes happening. Let's see it again. Can you explain what you're seeing, that's Drew. That's reverse. It's reverse? What do you mean it's Explain reverse? what you're seeing, Drew. I, I, we, there's some dude with uh, 15 pound weights, and it looks like uh, like almost uh, books or uh, boxes, video here. cassette boxes piled up, <laughs> roughly what four feet high, something like that, and three yeah. and a half feet high, and he jumps over them. He just jumps, goes from a seated position, holding the weights at his side, and jumps over these frontwards and then back, and then backwards. Yeah, fake. Right, I believe you guys. Yeah, his hang time is really unnatural. Yeah, there is something odd about it. All right, see another TikTok. Here it comes. Really cool nunchuck guy with a really loud generator going on in the background. This guy fucks though. Yeah, just as fast as that kitten, Do you guys have the same feelings about That's this guy? That Did you see he that should, thumb? He shouldn't be handling something like that. Like any what second, he's going to make a mistake. He's a pro. Yeah. He's, he's killing great. it. What he is killing about? it, but I feel like I, I, I'm not sure he should be doing it. Just, he feels like... Because like, he's too good at it? Too he old. needs to save? He's too old, and the slightest little thing, he's going to bash, bash his head in. There he is. Now, hold on. Yeah. What's up with that thumb, though? He's showing you... What? It's normal thumb. It's not a big thumb? Yeah, a little big, but it's all right. It's normal. All right. It's okay. All, all right. right. Uh, let's, here's a poop question. 
Uh, husband and I are big fans. I'm writing because I have a question for Brown uh, regarding Brown Town. We do butt stuff, and no matter what time of day, no matter what I eat or when I poop, there's literally never any poop, like ever. My husband is definitely above average with his uh, whatever, uh, so it's not like he couldn't reach things. I'm not complaining. It just makes no sense to me, and I'm wondering how there could be. How is there never any poop in my shoot during butt stuff? I mean, so, just congratulations. Take the blessing, right? Yeah, it's it's a fire, right? Uh, That's getting away. Yeah, from and essentially the way that kind of happens is she has firm stool. Remember the poops, the poop chart that we've gone through. She has yeah. uh, on the firm end of that. And when her poop moves into position, when she gets what's called a mass movement into the anal ampulla, she will have the desire to go, and she will go. And then that's it. Then it's all upstream, too far upstream to, for the husband to get to it. So she's one of these people, and not everyone is that way. In fact, few people are that way. And uh, yeah, like you said, it's fire. Uh, let's see. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, let's hear another uh, voice message, if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah. Hi, Dr. Drew. Uh, my name's Ham. I'm from Oregon. I just had a quick question. Is it normal that sometimes when you blow your nose and if you blow your nose too hard that you pee your pants a little bit? Because mm. I've noticed that over the last like month that keeps happening to me. Um, so I was just curious if that was normal or not. Uh, thank you very much, sir. Keep them high and tight. He's Drew, I got this one. Okay. Um, your pelvic floor needs some work, sir. I suggest you do some Kegels. That is for sure true, and that would work. However, work on stream. However, he sounds like a young man, and for a young man to have stress urinary incontinence is sort of odd. It makes me wonder if he's on any medication that may be sort of loosening things down there a little bit. It's something that usually happens in women who've had children, then it's very common there. And it can happen in men as they get older. And again, the pelvic floor musculature is not as taut as it used to be. But for a young guy like that, it's kind of odd. Uh, and yes, to, Andy's, to, to Nadav's point, it will improve with, with uh, don't shake your head like that, Andy. I, I don't know why. Is, is it I call him any? I don't call you Nadab. Yeah, always switch us. You switch I switch you guys. All the time. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at least I catch myself now. But uh, to Nadab's point, uh, the, the Kegel exercises will help. It might be nothing. It's stress urinary incontinence. It's a very common thing, but just a little weird for somebody your age. That's all I would say. All right. I've got a bunch of good, good questions still. I want to kind of get Ooh, I have, uh, I have another uh, uh, voicemail from a lady, if you'd Ooh, like. Ooh, let's do it. My name is Christina. I have a question. So, for lack of a better word, are there kegels that you can do for your butthole? Um, I have some girlfriends that are really into anal play, and they're really worried about having a really loose butthole as they get older. So, are there quote-unquote kegels for your butthole so you don't become, you know, a poopy pants as an old person? Awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah, it, really interesting question. I don't think I've ever asked, been asked that question before. And, and of course... Uh, it's so funny. Women can't say butthole without some inflection or some leaving the T out. It's very interesting. I don't know why that would be, but so it is. Butthole. Yeah, butthole. And in this case, butthole, butthole. Uh, yeah, the kegels would help, but they are not um, specific for that area. There probably are people that can do physical rehab in that region, although I've never really heard of that. What does that look like? I uh, Probably with putting something in there that you have to squeeze on. I have seen people that get um, 
spasming and pain in that area do that kind of rehabilitation. But I don't know that it really strengthens things that much. So uh, just kind of usually, and when people get into trouble with that area, it's because they tear the muscle. And tearing, you can't, you know, the, the strengthening is not really going to undo the tearing. So just be careful. Just be be good to yourself. Be gentle. But use lots of lube, that kind of thing, and you should be okay. Hey, Dan, what's going on? Hey, Dr. Jew. First, long-time mommy, first-time caller. How's it going? Yo, man, what's up? Fire. Okay, perfect, perfect. My question was about when I was like 18 or so, I was like 350-some-odd pounds. Mm. And then by the time I was 19, I lost, uh, I was down to like 160, 170. Wow, wow. And now I'm about 24, 25, and I'm still holding it down at like 180, but my fucking man tits won't go away. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's why they do plastic surgery on these sorts of phenomena when people have excess skin. Uh, usually they have to do this when men have residual actual breast tissue under there. They literally have like literal man boobs. But just from the excess skin and stuff, yeah, they can do that surgery too. So do you have excess skin? Oh, else? no, no, no. These are like, these are nice boobs. These are like real ones. Yeah, so you've got there's there's actual glandular material under the nipple. Mm. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's definitely not like my extra skin, like on my stomach. Or- right. So they, that's what they do the surgeries for. Uh, I I would suggest you do it. It probably it probably happened because you had all that excess adipose tissue around. When you hit puberty, the adipose is producing estrogen. You're not producing that much testosterone, and the breasts grow. That's and sometimes they don't go back down. That just happens. And so there are surgeries to correct that. How did you lose the weight? Uh, honestly, I was eating like a, I was eating like a real, real jerk. I was having like a family sized bag of chips and a two liter before dinner. Mm. So I just stopped doing that. Started walking, you know, just little, little things. So it's so interesting. I mean, you, that that it's it's just simple dietary, att- paying attention to diet, and that's it. Hundred percent. I mean, yeah, like for a while I did like uh, keto and all that, but that's not. It wasn't fun. So I just stopped eating, like, I just was mindful, you know, stopped eating three double cheeseburgers. Jeez, good for you, man. Congratulations. I, sometimes I think that, that 80, 90% of diet is just paying attention. You know what I mean? If you just are paying attention. It, it, do you have to watch your diet, Andy? You just eat whatever you want. Uh, no, I watched my diet for this uh, basketball game mm. actually super close. I changed my entire life around for maybe 40, 50 days or so. Really? Yeah, yeah. I was doing everything healthy. It was actually the worst time of my life. But, um, no but since then, no, yeah, it's back to sludge life, baby. I eat and drink whatever the fuck I want. Mm. Yeah. And I'm we still, still shitting great. twice a month? Is that still the sort of the pattern? Let's go back to some TikToks. I think All we right, got some TikToks TikTok. in Give there. Give me a TikTok. <laughs> Did you know that Lucille Ball heard spies through her own teeth? In 1942, Lucy was filming Dewberry Was a Lady with MGM. This was during the early days of the U.S. involvement in World War II. Lucy recently had temporary lead fillings installed in her teeth. And one night, she was driving home from MGM to the ranch her and Desi owned. This is what she said. And all of a sudden, I heard music. But I mean with a great beat, you know, and I turned, looked down to turn off my radio and it wasn't on. 
And I turned around and looked to see if there's anyone behind me. And the music was getting louder and louder and louder. And I realized it was in my mouth. The next day, Lucy told the story to Buster Keaton at the studio. He casually told her that she was picking up radio broadcasts through her fillings. Nothing more happened for about a week until she took another route home from NGM. As I went by there, I heard... I'm picking it up on my teeth. You mean... Yes. And I stopped the car. Then I looked around. The Morse code, like. And I backed the car up, and it got stronger and stronger, and I kept on backing it up until it really got strong, and my whole jaw was vibrating. Like this. And then I got the hell out of there. I went boom like this, because it was very late. And I couldn't wait to get back to MGM the next morning and tell the security office, and they found an underground Japanese transmitting, <laughs> transmitting radio station. That radio is station. crazy. That is crazy. But Lucy is not is the hero that we. I know want or deserve, she's the, right? the hero after all this. Weird, everybody. You, want, I don't think. Uh, Again, I don't quite understand. It makes sense to me that something pulsing could get picked up. I don't understand how music could get picked up. What's the matter, Eddie? No? No, Dov. Nothing's the matter. You all right? We're all good. Nothing matters. Heads down, We're man. We're good in here. Uh, yeah. you know, I just had a little fumble on my, my, my... I could not see my tongue through my yeah, teeth. She's a hero. Sometimes you swing, sometimes you miss, Drew. Me? No. Yeah. But just everybody. All right. Fair enough. Hey, here's uh, a voicemail. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, hey, Dr. Monty, this is Sean. Um, I have a question about the incidence of neurological issues due to drug use. Mm. So obviously, like with psychedelics, you know, it's more likely to happen. And then depending on the use of the drug, that affects it. But like, what's the range? So like... If you use drugs for like two years and then get sober, how likely is it that you'll run into issues? All right. Well, thank you. Bye, Mommy. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, you're being so vague with what you're asking about in terms of neurological issues. Look, it's 100%, right? Uh, drugs, alcohol affect brain a lot, 100% of the time. Now, are there irreversible changes some are they meaningful irreversible changes not usually but if you use enough drugs i mean mdma uh, hits the mood center and the memory centers meth does the same thing destroys certain areas of the brain alcohol generally destroys the brain particularly the cortices uh what you know there can be strokes there can be just so many different neurological manifestations of, of all these things i mean if you're shooting drugs that has a whole other set of potential complications associated with it so yeah uh neurological manifestations of drug and alcohol use are protean and common but you know how long and which drugs and which neurological conditions you're talking about makes it uh, sort of sort of a vague question what about jew you down what is that <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think you'll like this. All right. The fact that I walk in and say, hey, I'm going to have to Jew you down is not an ethnic slur. That has nothing to do. I'm not referring, okay? I'm not referring to the Jewish community, okay? I use that term as an adjective, as a descriptive <laughs> word of bargaining them down. The person I said it to knew it. I think you. Or anyone that's watching that knows that. So yes, that is not an ethnic slur. It's so interesting. Uh, this is a great example of 
how people can be blind to their biases and things and and uh, where even language comes from and how language lands in certain people he, he this is fascinating to me and and a poster child for what we should all be thinking about in terms of our own awareness of the you know other people's experiences and how we impact other people i just think that we all have a real responsibility to be careful about that and pay attention. He doesn't even, he end up the, and, and not be resistant to feedback like this guy is. Uh, anything I can do to increase my load size? How many times have we had this, this question? <laughs> I have a 30 year old healthy male. Uh, even when I don't ejaculate a day or two, I shoot pathetic small loads. Is there anything I do to increase it or do I just have to accept it? Thanks. Piss on me. Beat me. You bet I'll be coming up in May. Um, mm. I mean, rehydration. Uh, levels of stimulation, you know, prolonged stimulation, delayed ejaculation, all these things could increase it somewhat. But as I've explained many, many times, really, as much as anything, it's the the size, the volume that is stored in the in the um, balls, not in the balls, in the liver, not in the liver. You make I don't know why in I'm blanking on the name of this. Show me the the epididymis. No, epididymitis. Show me the prostate and testes, and I'll tell you what we're talking about. God, it's bizarre that I'm blocking the name of this structure, but it happens. Sandy Vassies? The uh, the Vassy Deffies. No, no, just get me a. Uh, there it is. Yeah, the semi Vassies. No, just give me a, give me that picture cord. down in the middle. No, nah, the other nah, the other one, next to it, to the right. Ejaculatory duct. To the right. Yep. There we are. The um. Seminal, ve- seminal, the vesicle, seminal vesicles. Yeah, the, the semi-vessies. Oh, okay, semi-vessies. Yeah. I thought you said the vas- vasi defies or something. I mean, we said that too. Yeah. I mean, okay. we were shooting. Semi-vessies, yeah. Seminal vesicles are where all this is stored and the size of them and the volume they hold and you know how the stuff accumulates in there is what determines the volume out. And that is uh, largely genetically determined. Gentlemen, can everything. He al- can you also eat magnesium? Take magnesium supplements? No, I don't think do very much. And as you know, since I don't have a prostate, I don't produce any of that. I have zero fluid. Everything's normal. Very cool. The whole fluid thing is is just a genetic thing. Your prostate produces the fluid stored in the seminal vesicles, essentially mixed with the the sperm there. And uh, but if you don't have a prostate, you don't produce the fluid. So wait a minute. Can you fake an orgasm then? Suppose As a man? I suppose I could if I wanted to, right? Because I don't because there's no fluid, there's no fluid evidence. <laughs> oh, I came so hard. You're so good. <laughs> so crazy to imagine. You're right. You're Andy, I, I like the way your head's at. I got I gotta anything else? Any other magic tricks I should do? <laughs> with my with my newfound glory. No, uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta let her think that she made you come like three times. You're just oh it's Ooh, happening again. Multiple oh, orgasms. Like RPC, yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Then say, just kidding, and he told me to do it. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, everybody, we appreciate you being here. Appreciate you supporting us. Again, it's drfdark at gmail.com. Keep the voice messages, and do look out for the announcement when we are taking calls. We are delighted to take your calls here, and we will see you next time. All conversations and information exchanged during participation of the Dr. Drew After Dark podcast or interaction on the drdrew.com website is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or physician medical advice or direction per se. You must always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing on these podcasts or posted on this site supplements or supersedes the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Please understand, I am not playing the role of physician in this environment per se. I'm educating. I am a licensed physician with specialty boards in American Board of Internal Medicine and American Board of Addiction Medicine.